Welcome to Truth Transistor Radio. This is the most awesomest podcast of all time. I'm your host, Rob Hedrick. This podcast is brought to you by Proverbs 1618. Pride going before destruction. Hello, Truth Transistors. Welcome to episode 11 of my podcast. And uh, this is part four of the Mystery Babylon series by William Cooper, uh, my commentary on it. And I wanted to mention, uh, I was I saw the first episode of Unsolved Mysteries that's on Netflix right now. It's about a man named Ray Rivera who was mysteriously killed. And I only bring that up because it's quite interesting that it mentions Freemasons in it. And based on everything that we've talked about, and, you know, William Cooper brings up the Freemasons as one of the secret societies. Now, first of all, let me make this clear. I think that most Freemasons on the lower levels are regular people that, have no idea what's going on at the top so I want to make that very clear Um, but anyway I just thought that was interesting and it just seemed like there was just something going on there that he mysteriously was killed and the one person that was involved in the case that actually believed that he did not commit suicide uh, was taken off the case he was the only (laughs) <laughs> the only detective that did not believe that it was suicide was taken off the case. So to me, there seems like there's some high power stuff going on to keep, you know, whatever happened to this man secret. Uh, but if you haven't seen that episode, check it out. And it's kind of an interesting story. So I thought I would bring that up. Also in recent news is... The debates that are going on and honestly I don't really watch them it just seems like a waste of time and a waste of brain cells <laughs> and I was thinking about the movie Idiocracy if you have not seen Idiocracy uh, no spoilers here I'm just giving you kind of the basic plot that in the future everybody's dumber and the president of the United States is a professional wrestler and he puts he uh, he acts like one as the president and the audience gets so uh, worked up and, and like into it because he's good at working the crowd. And it's interesting to note that Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. So, you know, when I look at modern politics and the modern media, everything is so dumbed down, even to me, who is a was a C student. growing up in high school uh not you know the best of students uh i find the debates to be a little dumb to to put it bluntly i just uh talking over each other and calling each other liars and it's just uh, and neither of them are really giving the truth they're both hiding the truth uh, it seems so Um, Just 
yeah, just my my two cents on on the debates. And I'm not really voting. I don't really care if, if Trump or Biden wins. I don't think it makes a difference. Just my opinion. Um, as I've said before, Ron Paul was the one guy that's run for president in the last few elections that actually spoke um, something that was a consistent message and it wasn't about partisan politics. And uh, I think when I, the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. It was just all about liberty. And he showed the weaknesses of both parties in, in terms of liberty and how some part, some, in some cases the rhetoric is better on one side over the other in different ways. But for the most part, the rhetoric is, um, I mean, the message or what they do is against liberty in different ways. And so that kind of opened my eyes. And a lot of people think that Trump is somehow anti-establishment and that therefore he is good. However, his message is not the Ron Paul message at all. And so I cannot get myself to vote for him. But anyway, just uh, I'll, I'll just a few thoughts on what's happening in the world today or in the United States politics today. Uh, but anyway, I'll get on with uh, the main topic of the day, and that is the William Cooper Mystery Babylon series. And I think in this next section, he starts talking about different religious movements that were started by uh, these secret societies. Also pay, pay close attention to the references that he gives and the quotes because he's not just making this up. These aren't conspiracy theories. He's telling you from their own mouths what they believe and what they've said. The humanist religion issued a manifesto in 1933 stating its beliefs about the world in general. It took the following position about the need for the wealthy governments to share their wealth with the less fortunate nations. It is the moral obligation of the developed nations to provide, through an international authority, economic assistance to the developing portions of the globe. Now that is a lie, folks. It means that it's okay for some of us to lay back and do nothing and reap the rewards of the labor of others. That's socialism. That's what it's all about. Communism, socialism, it's the same. And these people, the worshippers of Mystery Babylon, are the original communists. They are international socialism. They invented it. Now the reason, folks, why these changes are necessary was explained by Manley P. Hall, perhaps the world's leading authority on esoteric words and language. He was a 33rd degree Freemason. He wrote in his book entitled Lectures on Ancient Philosophy, quote, the time has not yet arrived when the average man is strong enough or wise enough to rule himself, unquote. And he explained who he considered worthy enough to rule those on the world considered by the experts to be incapable of governing themselves. He wrote this, quote, Never will peace reign upon the earth until we are ruled by the fit. And who is the fit? <laughs> Why, them, of course. The illumined, the priest of the mystery religion of Babylon. 
Mr. Hall even indicated that these changes would occur soon. He wrote this comment in his book previously cited, quote, 100 years ago, meaning in 1884, folks, it was predicted that within a few centuries men would revert to the gods of Plato and Aristotle. We may all look forward with eager anticipation to that nobler day when the gods of philosophy once more shall rule the world, unquote. Aldous Huxley, in his book called Brave New World, revisited quotes a character called the Grand Inquisitor in one of Fyodor Mikhailovich Dostoevsky's parables as saying this, quote, In the end they, the people, will lay their freedom at our, the controller's feet, and say to us, Make us your slaves, but feed us, unquote. The goal of a one-world government, folks, is not a new thought. One of the earliest formal organizations that supported the concept of that goal was the Illuminati, founded on May 1st, 1776 by Adam Wise Hopp, a Jesuit priest, a professor at Ingolstadt University, a Jesuit university, a teacher of canon law. Professor Wise Hopp was quoted as saying this, quote, It is necessary to establish a universal regime and empire over the whole world, unquote. Now, let me tell you the truth about the Illuminati. Adam Weishaupt did not establish the Illuminati, nor did the Illuminati die with Adam Weishaupt. A more modern organization that supports the coming changes is the Masonic order called simply the Freemasons, or for short, the Masons. has nothing to do with bricklayers, folks. The term originally comes from the French, Free Mason, which literally means the Sons of Light. Albert Pike, and you're going to hear an awful lot about Albert Pike during this series, the sovereign grand commander of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry here in the United States from 1850 to 1891, the man who founded the Ku Klux Klan and B'nai B'rith, wrote a book entitled Morals and Dogma. And when and if you can find that book, don't pass it up, buy it and read it. So the outsider can know that whenever Mr. Pike speaks, he speaks with authority and knowledge. He is perhaps the greatest Masonic writer of all time, and I would uh, add next to Manly P. Hall. His book is given to each Scottish Rite Southern Jurisdiction Freemason who is asked to read it. There seems to be a difference of opinion as to whether or not this book is still required reading for each Scottish Rite Mason. As we were told that it was given to each Scottish Rite Mason in Tucson, other Masons say that that is not true. But you have to remember they're sworn not to reveal the secrets of the Lodge, and therefore you can never trust them to tell you the truth no matter what they're telling you. But in this book, Morals and Dogma, Pike informs the new Mason about the moral teachings of the Masonic Lodge. He instructs the Masonic reader that the order will eventually be asked to rule the entire globe. And he wrote this, quote, The world will soon come to us for its sovereigns and pontiffs. We shall constitute the equilibrium of the universe and be rulers over the masters of the world, unquote. He wrote this supportive statement in a book entitled Legenda, quote, And thus the warfare against the powers of evil that crushed the order of the temple goes steadily on, and freedom marches ever onward toward the conquest of the world, unquote. Reference to the order of the temple is reference to the Knights Templars, who were destroyed in concert by King Philip of France and Pope Clement V, and the powers of evil referred to in this paragraph is the Christian church, the Christian religion, Christianity as a whole. The major worldwide movement that champions a one-world government folks under a religious leader is a new phenomenon occurring worldwide called the New Age Movement, a creation 
of Freemasonry. The newspaper put out by the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry is called the New Age. The new religion has a series of leaders. One is a woman named Alice Bailey, a prolific writer on the subject of the New Age. She was the founder of an organization called the Arcane School, one of the major Lucis Trust divisions. The Lucis Trust was a major publisher of books supporting the religion and published a newsletter or newspaper called Lucifer. In her book entitled The Externalization of the Hierarchy, she told her readers who the organizations were that were going to bring the New Age religion to the world, and she identified them as being, quote, the three main channels through which the preparation for the New Age is going on might be regarded as the church, the Masonic fraternity, and the educational field. There are numerous works by other writers, lecturers, researchers, exposing the involvement of the church in the educational field in the New Age movement and in the New World Order. So I'm not going to attempt to duplicate those efforts. However, only a few are aware of the involvement of the Freemasons, and that is why I have chosen to concentrate on that organization, Mystery Babylon. And the reason I'm concentrating on that organization is because it is their members who have infiltrated the church and the educational field who control those other two organizations. So really there's only one organization that needs to be dealt with, and that is Freemasonry. Henry Clausen, the past sovereign grand commander, the equivalent of their president of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, has been quoted as saying this, quote, We look towards a transforming into a new age using, however, the insight and wisdom of the ancient mystics, unquote. The Masons claim that the things that they believe in are as old as the ancient civilizations. They also claim that these mystics, the ancient philosophers, had the wisdom of all ages and that somehow this knowledge has become lost through the centuries. Humanity today does not possess this knowledge, but it has become the task of the Masons and other truth seekers who turn out in every case of investigation to be liars and deceivers and manipulators to rediscover these principles for the benefit of all mankind. Those possessing this knowledge will correct the world's current problems. Some of the Masons also claim to have identified the cause of these problems. One of the most prolific writers on the subject of this lost truth, as I have mentioned earlier, is Manly P. Hall, a 33rd degree Mason. For those unfamiliar with the Masonic degrees, all Masons in America start through what is called the Blue Lodge, consisting of only three degrees. A Master Mason is of the third degree and really knows nothing, even though he thinks that he has been illumined, and I get letters from them all the time. I'm a Master Mason, and I never heard of any of the stuff that you're talking about. <laughs> I, it, it amazes me, folks. It just absolutely amazes me that people are so stupid. The initiate into the Blue Lodge goes through three separate and different initiation ceremonies, one for each degree. After completing these ceremonies, he may stay where he is or choose to affiliate himself with either the York Rite, which has 13 degrees, or the Scottish Rite, which has 32, and then the meritorious 33rd. The latter is divided into two separate jurisdictions, the Southern and the Northern. And these are based primarily on state borders, and whether one joins one or the other depends on where the initiate lives. The two Scottish rites have an additional 29 degrees, making for a total of 32. There is one more degree called the 33rd degree, which is honorary, and only a few are invited into that degree, and to even be considered, they must perform some major work toward the completion of the great work, which is the plan to bring about. The utopia on earth, the socialist dream. Mr. Hall has written a book entitled Lectures on Ancient Philosophy, in which he talks a great deal about the Masonic Fraternity. 
and this is his comment about the coming changes. Quote, A new day is dawning for Freemasonry. From the insufficiency of theology and the hopelessness of materialism, men are turning to seek the God of philosophy. Unquote. Notice that Mr. Hall has said that current theology, obviously current religion, has proven insufficient. Also, he feels that materialism, meaning the right to private property, is also a failure. But more importantly, he points out that this new God of the Freemasons is somehow different from the God of the Jews and Christians, as will be illustrated later. Some of the Masons believe that the God of the Bible is a God of evil. Helena Petrovna Blavatsky, perhaps the founder of the current New Age movement, has also determined that the Masons are somehow supportive of her religious views. She wrote this in her book entitled The Secret Doctrine. Quote, At the end of the 18th and the beginning of the 19th centuries, many Freemasons traveled to Tibet where they were initiated into the esoteric defined as intended for or understood by only a chosen few as an inner group of disciples or initiates by an esoteric order of the Masters of Wisdom." Unquote. It should be expected that she would support the Masonic Fraternity. In 1875 she founded an organization called the Theosophical Society, basically dedicated to teaching the world about her new secret religion. One of the earliest members of that organization was Albert Pike, later to become the Sovereign Grand Commander of the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry. Albert Pike, who later became a 33rd degree Mason, the highest degree attainable also saw that there were some significant changes coming and that he was supportive of those changes. He wrote the following in his book entitled Morals and Dogma. Quote, we can look on all the evils of the world and see that it is only the hour before sunrise and that the light is coming. Unquote. Now if Mr. Hall is right, the evils that his fellow Mason Albert Pike saw are connected to current religion and that which is coming is somehow different from these religious views. Mr. Hall, who is mentioned previously as another 33rd degree Mason, also wrote that a new day was coming and that it was not too far into the future. Quote, a new light is breaking in the east. The significance of the location of the east I have already pointed out. It is the point where the sun rises. A more glorious day is at hand. The rule of the philosophic elect, the dream of the ages, will yet be realized and is not too far distant. Unquote. So, Mr. Hall is also expecting that these changes are about to occur in the not-too-distant future. Someone who attempted to zero in on when these changes were expected to occur was Alice Bailey, previously mentioned. She wrote about when she thought the New Age would arrive. Quote, Eventually, there will appear the Church Universal, and its definite outlines will appear towards the close of this century. Unquote. And you have already seen the emergence of the Universalist Church. Whatever is coming in the future, some New Agers have told us that they expect that it will last for a long time. One such writer is Ruth Montgomery, who wrote that she saw that the new religion would rule the earth for a thousand years. She wrote the following in her book entitled Herald for the New Age. Quote, the New Age, the Millennium, a millennium is a period of one thousand years, will see an end to that strife, at least for a thousand years. Unquote. Now I find this quite interesting because... Uh, in Revelation chapter 20, it speaks of the thousand-year reign of Christ. And it's it's quite confusing because at times they believe that the God of the Bible is evil, and other times they use the God of the Bible and suggest that the dragon is... Um, I think that maybe some of them believe that the Old Testament God is evil and that Jesus is actually good. And so in the New Testament, they're willing to take 
the dragon and say that the dragon is is the Old Testament God or something like that. I'm not sure. But they have basically hijacked this to suggest that their God is the one to bring about the millennium. And that the evil forces of the time that will be overthrown is actually the Christian, the the true Christian religion, as he has said before. But um, I found this kind of fascinating that they believe that the thousand year reign will be by them. Um, Also, there was a reference to at the end of the millennium, which that was in the past now, in the year 2000. And... It's it's quite interesting that I think in the book of Enoch it alludes to that the earth will be around for 7000 years so at the end of the 6000th year would be the beginning of the millennium and some people still hold to that but they say well it may not not be exact so it's very close um but Something that I find interesting, I'm not exactly sure why, and maybe this is something I'll look into in the future, is that in the Hebrew calendar, it's the year 5780. The calendar that we use, uh, at least in most uh, Christian, um, you know, calculations, is that the earth was created around 4004 BC, which makes the earth about 6024 years of age, uh, but still, that's you know that's past six thousand years. But if the fifty-seven eighty is correct, and I'm not wise enough to know, maybe that's something I'll research or uh, try to figure out why their timeline is shorter. But if the fifty-seven eighty is closer, then maybe the the six thousand year history before the millennium is true. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. But I also want to point out that the the, the you know they believe that their kingdom will last a thousand years but according to the bible they will only rule the world for about three and a half years <laughs> so they'll fall well short of a thousand now just what the new age religion that will last for at least one thousand years on earth what is it one who attempted to answer that question was constance cumby in her book entitled the hidden dangers of the rainbow she wrote that these were the basic tenets of the new religion listen closely The plan for the future includes the installation of a new world messiah, the implementation of a new world government, a new world religion under Maitreya, an individual who will be examined later in this series of programs. Two, a universal credit card system will be implemented as a cashless society. Three, a world food authority will control all of the world's food supply. Four, a universal tax. Five, a universal draft. And six, they intend on utterly rooting out people who believe the Bible and worship God and to completely stamp out Christianity from the face of this earth. Now, notice that they discuss this uh, universal credit card system or cashless society. And in Revelation chapter um, 13 starting in verse uh, 15. And he had the power to give life unto the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark, 
or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. Now, they believe that in the millennium, quote-unquote, that they're going to lead, or the thousand-year reign of the New Age movement, or the secret societies, which is really Luciferian, that they will create this universal credit system. And it's interesting that the Bible says that the Antichrist will actually set up this uh, universal credit system that only you have to be in their system in order to buy and sell. And that'll be a worldwide thing. And so this New Age movement or these secret societies, these Luciferians, they're actually part of the Antichrist system, not of the Millennium system. And of course, as William Cooper has mentioned a few times, and I, you know, when it, it comes to the number 603 score and six, I've heard many, many, many different uh, views on what that is and people trying to calculate different names and say how you could add up a certain name to make it 666. There might be something to all that, but it's interesting that what they believe is that the number of the illumined man is 666. And so I don't know how that's all going to work out and how the number is going to manifest itself in the last days. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out, that it's interesting that they their quote-unquote millennium will be exactly what the Bible says the Antichrist system will do. But perhaps the most insightful comment about the nature of what the New Age religion believe in and who they worshipped as their god was written by Mrs. Cumby in her book entitled The Hidden Dangers of the Rainbow. She wrote that they had, quote, the intent of bringing about a new world order, an order that writes God out of the picture and deifies Lucifer, unquote. So if Mrs. Cumbie and the other writers on the subject are right, the New Age movement needs to be studied in some depth. We know that the goal of Freemasonry, at least that which is stated, is to bring about the new man, the illumined man, and the number of the man is 666. So the New Age, like the Masons, feel that Christianity is the enemy, a force to be countered, not by open debate, but by contempt and ridicule, and as shall be illustrated later, by even murder. And remember, the source of the New Age movement is the order of the Freemasons. Other parties wish to join the debate. In 1911, the Socialist Party of Great Britain published a pamphlet entitled Socialism and Religion, in which they placed their position about religion into the arena. Quote, it is therefore a profound truth that socialism is the natural enemy of religion. A Christian socialist is in fact an anti-socialist. Christianity is the antithesis of socialism." Unquote. So the socialist, the New Ager, and the Mason have declared war on the Christians. And as in every war, the enemy must be defeated even by bloodshed if necessary. Another New Age spokesman, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the guru sought out by the rock and roll group known as the Beatles and others, has been quoted as saying, quote, There has not been and there will not be a place for the unfit. The fit will lead, and if the unfit are not coming along, if they will not accept the New Age religion, there is no place for them. In the Age of Enlightenment, there is no place for ignorant people. Non-existence of the unfit has been the law of nature, unquote. 
To show that the New Agers are talking about the physical death of the enemy, one must only search the writings of other New Agers. Another believer to write on the subject of the destruction of those who will not accept the new religion was Ruth Montgomery. And she has been quoted as saying in a transcribed interview carried by a magazine called Magical Blend, quote, Millions will survive and millions won't. Those who won't will go into the spirit state because there is truly no death, unquote. Estimates of the number to perish have been made by some New Agers. One who has made such an estimate is John Randolph Price, who was quoted by Tex Mars in his book about the New Age, and he said that, quote, John Randolph Price was told by his spirit guide that up to two and one-half billion might perish in the coming chaos, unquote. This brings to mind a passage in Revelation chapter 9, and I'm going to start in verse... Uh, 15. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand. That's, I think, 200 million. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and brimstone and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone by these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths for their power was in their mouth and in their tails for their tails were like unto serpents and had heads and with them they do hurt uh, and I wanted to point this out because they mentioned that they believe the upcoming, upcoming catastrophe. And of course, this was uh, quoted back in the 90s um, when William Cooper did this program. But I'm not sure when the quote was made itself. But regardless, it's interesting that they, they say that an upcoming catastrophe will kill two and a half billion if you think about it, that's about one-third of the world population. So it's kind of interesting that they are they are predicting that, or maybe that's part of their plan to kill one-third part of man. Channeling is one of the strange activities occurring inside the New Age religion. I've witnessed this, and I can tell you most channelers are just con artists who are taking the money of those who pay to hear this channeling. Some of the believers claim that they have the ability to call forth the deceased spirit of someone who lived many years before. Quite often these spirits claim to be the ascended masters, those who have gone on to discover the eternal truths of all creation. One such believer who claimed to be in touch with a master was Alice Bailey, previously mentioned. Her spirit called himself Joal Cool, and she claimed he spoke through her saying, quote, Death is not a disaster to be feared. The work of the destroyer is not really cruel or undesirable. Therefore, there is much destruction permitted by the custodians of the plan, and much evil turned into good, unquote. Now, just what the plan constituted was told to the world by Benjamin Krim, another New Age leader. He placed an advertisement in about 20 newspapers all over the world on April the 25th, 1982, that defined the term. The ad read in part, quote, What is the plan? It includes the installation of a new world government and new world religion under Maitreya, unquote. The New Age religion, folks, is going to have a worldwide leader. 
a charismatic political and religious leader that they call Lord Maitreya. This individual, as far as I know, has not made his public appearance yet, but the New Agers claim that he is on the earth at the present time. They claim that he came to live with the Asian community in East London, England, in July 1977 by descending from his ancient retreat in the Himalaya Mountains along the border of India and Tibet. They further believe that his imminent emergence into full public view is assured. They also claim that this individual is the one that the Christians call Christ, the Jews call the Messiah, the Buddhists call the Fifth Buddha, the Hindus call Krishna, and the Muslims call the Imam Mahdi. In other words, all of the major religions of the world are awaiting the arrival of this one individual. It is their claim that this one individual living now in London is the one expected by all of these religions. However, when we search London with a fine-tooth comb, we can find no trace of any living individual named Maitreya or fitting this description are recognized as this religious leader. And they say that he is on the earth now, patiently waiting for the appointed time to reveal his existence to the peoples of the world. They say that he will apparently assume the leadership of all of these religions, and when he does, he will create a one-world religion. The New Agers have written that in the esoteric tradition previously defined as being intended for or understood by only a cho chosen few as an inner group of disciples or initiates, they claim that the word Christ is not the name of an individual, but the name of an office or function within the spiritual hierarchy of masters. They claim that the masters are a group of perfected men who have guided human evolution from behind the scenes for centuries, and they believe that this Lord Maitreya is that Christ. Now, Manly P. Hall has written of this individual by identifying him as, quote, the way, the truth, and the life, which coming to every life redeems all who accept it, unquote. So now they claim that Christ is something that anybody can obtain. Um, this is similar to what they are saying, that man can become as gods, the original lie of Satan, the serpent, and the Garden of Eden. And I wanted to read this passage here in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there shall come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Uh, so this is specifically talking about the man of sin um, in the context of the, the coming persecution and everything and... Uh, in the previous, uh, in First Thessalonians, it talks about the uh, the the rapture, and uh, so <clears throat> this this whole idea that they are basically, I mean, the highest levels of Freemasonry Masonry are basically Christs or gods, is part of this this whole Antichrist uh, man of sin, and this really is just a reflection of the very first sin. That is when Satan fell or he was Lucifer fell because he wanted to be equal with God himself. I'm going to take a break here and play a song by another independent artist that has given me permission to play their music. And this is from a band called Kill Artist.
and an album called De Blimp. I think I got that right. I think I get them mixed up whether it's the band that's called De Blimp or the album called De Blimp. But I think the uh, I think the band is Kill Artist and the album is De Blimp. And I'm going to play a song called Bullet Made Best. Sit back and relax as I sit on the back of those stack blowing cash on the boat with my money in the sack. Getting low with wherever I go. Fetch fast on the task, but I already know. I'm a slow when I go to the dude that I know. You could know that I flow when I make it up as I go. Hey, I'm back, new attack, while I'm catching a flat Fast bullet made fast in my chest with a big best I'm far baller than the rest Lifting off with a boat, then start to get float Flotation device with the vice and the dude that I ice What do you know? Smoking all the air while I'm dishing the weed I got the dang sheets from the season It's all that I need Smoke a lot of weed Yeah, I smoke a lot of weed Smoke a pancreas out while I'm rolling these herbs Smoke a dang while I go out the planets like Jupiter And I got the herb flowing to the curb Once again, that is the song Bullet Made Vest by Killer Artist or De Blimp. If I, can, I always, ow. So it's hard to find the exact info. But anyway, I think it's Killer Artist. But anyway, I just want to make clear that number one, the artist does not necessarily agree with the content in my episodes in these podcasts, in this podcast, nor do I agree with the uh, content within the lyrics of their their music but uh, I do think artistically it's it's pretty interesting and it kind of reminds me of Crispin Glover's Crispin Glover was an actor uh, he still is Uh, he was best known as the father in Back to the Future Um, he had a rap song called Clowny Clown Clown or something like that (laughs) that's a similar rap style to this so um anyway um so that's uh the song i'm sharing today and if you're interested uh check them out on bandclamp and i'm not sure where else you can find their music and also leave leave a link to the youtube for that album on uh in the description below all right so continuing on now with my william cooper mystery babylon series commentate commentary one who claims to have seen the birth in a vision of someone who seems to fulfill the requirements of this Maitreya was astrologer Jean Dixon. Her major claim to being a prophet is her prediction, reportedly made before the event of the assassination of President John Kennedy. 
1963. However, her credentials were dealt a serious blow in 1968 when she also prophesied that the Soviet Union would be the first to put a man on the moon. <laughs> Another of her prophecies was that the Republican Party would be victorious in 1968. But in any event, Ruth Montgomery wrote a book about her entitled The Gift of Prophecy, in which she wrote about the very revealing and intriguing vision that Jean Dixon allegedly had. Quote, the vision, which Jean considers the most significant and soul-stirring of her life, occurred on February the 5th, 1962. She saw the brightest sun she had ever seen. Isn't it funny how that sun always pops into this stuff? Stepping out of the brightness were a pharaoh and Queen Nefertiti. Remember here that these two individuals were Egyptians. The couple thrust forth a baby as if offering it to the entire world. Now another interpretation, because they sprang from the sun, could be that this is Osiris and Isis and the child is Horus, and that is exactly the esoteric real interpretation, although Jeannie Dixon never said this. Jean looked at the baby and then said, according to the author, quote, I knew here is the beginning of wisdom, unquote. Remember what I told you? Osiris is the doctrine, Isis is the church, the child Horus is the body of illumined initiates. One can only wonder if once again she missed the mark and was involved in another error, or if she was intentionally made to set up the world to welcome someone named Lord Maitreya. In any event, these people claim that the Lord Maitreya will appear shortly to the entire world and start everyone off on a road to a one-world religion. Helena Petrovna Blavatsky, in her book entitled The Secret Doctrine, called him, quote, the Dragon of Wisdom, unquote. So it appears that the one call that Jean Dixon made that appears to match other comments is her statement that the baby she saw in her vision was full of wisdom. If the baby she claimed to have seen in her vision was Lord Maitreya, then she was right because others have claimed that Lord Maitreya is full of wisdom. However, there is still reason to believe that she was given inside information by some New Agers who wanted to have this Lord's birth prophesied so that when he did surface, the New Agers could claim that his birth had been a fulfilled prophecy. So the world awaits the visible appearance of Lord Maitreya. Today, something unmatched in history is taking place. Leading statesmen and religious leaders are proposing a new world order, a plan that many sincerely believe can bring peace on earth. A unity is envisioned that will transcend instinctive barriers that have long separated cultures and religions. Significant progress toward a new world order is seen in the spirit of ecumenism, or togetherness, now being urged by prominent religious leaders and being brought to reality to fruition by the World Council of Churches. In the ecumenical plan, basic theological or ideological differences are set aside, while emphasis is instead placed upon those elements common to most religions. And I can tell you that the New World religion will be a religion that serves man, because man is to become God in the New World Order. And the religion will change with the needs of man. Could the long-desired universal peace be just around the corner? Could this succeed? Is it actually possible for men to forge a lasting peace on the anvil of compromise? 
Or could it be that we are naively forging not a new world order, but rather the one world order of apocalyptic prophecy? Or is it all an invention of the mind of man throughout the ages to manipulate large masses and populations of people? So I think uh, that's all the William Cooper stuff for today. But I just find it interesting how we talk about these different groups. And he quoted um, them from their own words and talked about what their plans are. And it's interesting how their plans correlate with what the Bible says the Antichrist system will be. And to me, this is very significant. It's, it's significant that their view, their worldview is basically upside down from the Christian worldview. And these people happen to be in powerful positions on the world stage. And so that should be evidence right there that, that there's something uh, good about the Christian worldview and about the Bible, unless you think that the, the people that are in power are good people. However, if they were good people, why would they pose as Christians in many cases to deceive? And why would they have all these secrets? You know, um, and so why in the world are they trying to deceive and why in the world is it the opposite of Christianity? Why not the opposite of Islam? Why not the opposite of Buddhism? Um, why not the opposite of Hinduism? In, in, in any case, uh, in actuality, uh, their religion is more similar to Hinduism and Buddhism. But, um, and, in, and, and the next uh, part uh, that um, even though I'm, I'm, I have plenty of time left here compared to, you know, I try to get it uh, at an hour. Um, the next section is he gets into how they infiltrated Christianity or hijacked Christianity and started, quote unquote, Christian groups. And it's mostly from the episode on the Mystery Babylon series called From Babylon to Christianity. And uh, I can't remember which um, number that is in the series. But um, if you look, you know, I'll have the link for the whole, uh, the whole playlist on YouTube. And you can find one that says From Babylon to Christianity. That's actually one of my favorite because... A lot of people, when they get into these conspiracies, they start to think that this is what Christians, where Christianity came from, because that's kind of what they are saying. And a lot of people follow the Jordan Maxwell zeitgeist side of things. But another reason I love William Cooper so much compared to other conspiracy people is that he clarifies, and that'll be in the next section, the difference he he clarifies the difference between what true Christianity is and what Jesus said, what the Bible says, versus what these groups that say that they're Christians did, right? So that's going to be in the next episode. Uh, I also want to point out in this episode, he talked about Lord Maitreya, which is a new age, I believe, um, what what they are looking for and there was some false prophecies in there but like uh i think 
in general, there's been many, many false alarms that people have seen or, or you know, plans such as 1984 or 2000 or 2012 and these other things that people hear about. And I think a lot of that obviously is disinformation to mislead. But in some cases, it might be that that was their plan and God just said no. So that's another thing we need to keep in mind is they may have very much planned to do something many, many, many times in the past and and God just didn't allow it to happen. Um, One of the people that I've listened to and we'll probably do an episode on this man in the future is John Todd in the 70s. He he uh, he claimed to have been a high level member of the Illuminati. Then he became a Christian like he was a high level priest for Satanism, but also high level in the Illuminati in the Collins family. His name their name was changed from Collins to Todd in somewhere in the 20th century or something. And uh, he was saying that they had plans to create this one world government in the 80s, which, of course, we know that didn't happen. But some people say that that discredits him. But I would say that he probably they probably did have plans to do something in the 80s. I mean, it's possible. And he just didn't, you know, and it didn't happen. So. I think we need to be careful about, oh, it's documented that they want this to happen in a few years or whatever. But because I'm hearing these things every year, uh, whether, you know, people that are into prophecy or people that are into conspiracy stuff, they find documents or, or quotes that suggest something is about to happen. And I think things are happening all the time that further the cause for the New World Order. But I, I wouldn't say that, that that means it's going to happen. The final seven years is going to start, you know. So I, I'm very careful about taking that approach. I try to look at the big picture and say there, things are being put into place, but I'm not going to stand here and tell you it's going to start in the coming year. Um, other people do that, and that's... That's fine if they want to do that. But I feel like if conspiracy people are constantly saying next year this is going to happen or it's really it's right around the corner or blah, blah, blah. Um, and if they're constantly doing that and they keep missing the mark, then it kind of discredits the whole thing. So I, I, I uh, have taken the approach of looking at the past and saying what they have been doing and what their plan is ultimately, but I don't, I'm not going to sit here and make predictions. I mean, I know what ultimately is going to happen based on Bible prophecy. And that's another thing I want to talk about because there's different views of eschatology. Eschatology means things of the last or last things, last end times study. And there's the preterist view, which believes that the Great Tribulation was in 70 AD. And, of course, I'm a, as a futurist, I believe the Tribulation is in the future. But regardless, in Revelation 20, if you're a preterist or a futurist, if you believe that the Antichrist was in the past or in the future, 
if you look at the end of the thousand years, so let's say you're a preterist, at the end of the thousand years, Satan will escape the bottomless pit to deceive the nations once more. So either way, there's going to be a, a worldwide deception that it happens in the future. And so theologically, if a preterist is correct, I there's no doubt in my mind that there's people on the earth now that have this, that this deception is, is trying to take place. And, you know, if, if there's a long time away from that happening, then they'll fail. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that. Um, at least right now they'll fail. Um, but it just seems like a lot of things are actually succeeding right now. And a lot of things are moving in the direction. Um, a lot of the church is not moving towards something better. It's moving towards apostasy, you know. Uh, and so when I look at things, um, you know, and, and one one point that preterists have is that if you look at the last 2000 years, things have generally gotten better uh, in a lot of ways since the middle ages if you go back from the middle ages to today things have gotten better but if you go back from the night from 1900 to today things have gotten worse so they would say it's a matter of perspective and things are kind of up and down but generally trending up and that's the way they look at things and there's some points there i think the church has had a positive impact on the world and there's no doubt about that um at the same time, though, there's evil people at work, and and I believe that they are trying to create this this uh, counter to the truth. So, you know, um, that's one of the other things that I try not to do is get specific about. Um, theological views in the sense that I become dogmatic about them I will tell you my view of eschatology is a futurist view I believe in a post-tribulation rapture but I'm not dogmatic about it and my episodes my podcast does not live and die on that view but um, you know I try to be as biblical as I can and I also try to say, okay, what is the reality? You know, what does the Bible actually say? There are certain things like the pre-tribulation rapture. I will come out and say it. I will say, I don't see that in the Bible. But I'm not going to make that an area of contention, you know. And and then a preterist, you know, I they have some good points, but I'm I don't agree with it. Um, but I. What I try to do is, is show what the truth is. And the truth is that there are these move, movements that are Luciferian. They are against God. And they believe that they are becoming gods. They have apost they're apostate. There's apostasy in churches today. And the things are trending towards this new world order. There's people trying to set up this new world order. And it seems to line up with what the Bible prophesies which I believe is in the future. So I put all that together, and to me it's just common sense. Um, but 
I will say that if preterists are correct, and especially the ones that believe that the church will set up the thousand years on earth before Christ returns, and eventually the church will take over the whole world and things will get better, if that's the case, then whoever these people are now are going to fail. But um, so, you know, I'm not afraid to say that. Um, but since I don't agree with that view, then I think that they they're going to succeed. But I think it'll be for three and a half years, as as I believe uh, that they are going to fulfill. Anyway, I've kind of ranted on a little bit to fill some time here, but but I just wanted to to tell you, um, you know, kind of the combination of what these secret societies that exist have said and what they're trying to do and what the Bible prophesies together convinces me that these things are happening and I find it very fascinating. So like I said, the next, I, I believe the next section will be the last part of the William Cooper series, but it'll be about how they started these quote unquote Christian groups, these apostate Christian groups to deceive Christians. And so that'll be interesting. All right. Thank you all and have a wonderful day. This is the most awesome podcast of all time. I am your host, Rob Hedrick. This podcast is brought to you by Proverbs 16 18. Pride goeth before destruction.